Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Like 2,000 years ago, Jesus touched your people, heal your people, set the captive free. Father, many of them don't even know what's going on in their own life, but you know everything. And you can do more than what we can ask, what we can imagine, greater than what we can even ask you, Father. You are the generous God. You give to us tonight, Lord, more than what we can even imagine, Father. We come to you tonight with honor. We honor you, Lord. Lord, you're the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. We don't take you for granted. Lord, we see in the Bible that people in Nazareth did not honor the anointing in the life of Jesus Christ. And they did not get anything. Father, we don't want to be like people in Nazareth. We want to honor the presence of God, the name of Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit. We come to you tonight humbly and honoring your place, honoring your presence, Lord. We come like children, seeking your face. We don't come with any title, position. We don't come with prideful attitude toward you. But we come like children, Father, to seek you as our Father. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Last time I was teaching last month about being filled with the Holy Spirit or being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I did not totally finish the lesson because of the long, long lesson. I want to really emphasize that out of all the relationship on earth here that you live on earth, I believe that one of the most important relationships that you can have is the relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with you everywhere. And if you know how to relate to Him, you yield to Him and listen to Him, be guided by Him, your life will walk above the norm, above the normal level of other human beings. And God gives us the Holy Spirit. And He wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled all the times of our life, all days long. Keep being filled with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us. I have first-hand experience regarding the work of the Holy Spirit. I came from a Buddhist background, so I knew very well that there is a spiritual world. There is the world of demon and the world of God. Spiritual world are real. Spirits are real, either evil spirit or angelic spirit and the Holy Spirit. If you go to Asian country, you will see all these things more obvious than America. So when I first came to know God by American missionaries, the first few years of my life, the emphasis was on the Word of God. And I appreciate the teaching of the Word of God, and we need to know the Word of God. Because if we don't know the Word of God, we will not understand what is right and what is wrong. In fact, I would like to read this scripture. In the book of Luke chapter 8, the Word of God is so important. Luke chapter 8, verse 18, Jesus said this scripture to remind all of us that we need to pay attention to the Word of God. Luke 8, 18 says, Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. So it's so important to pay attention to the word of God. It's so important to take heed what and how you hear the word of God. Because it will really bring new things and the blessing from heaven to us. Therefore, we need to study the word. And tonight, I will do more like teaching than preaching. I will 
read a lot of scripture to help you understand about the Holy Spirit. But it's so important to know the word. And at the beginning, in my walk with God, I was in the Baptist church. So we study Bible, study Bible, study Bible. But I was not filled with the Holy Spirit. I did not understand about the work of the Holy Spirit. Until one day, three years later, after I became a Christian, I think in 1982, something like that. After three years of being a Christian, I went to a medical nursing Christian meeting in east part of Thailand. And in that time, a pediatrician, a, a doctor told me that, Dr. Lau, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't understand what she was talking about. But I began to read the book of Acts and saw that in the book of Acts, the early church Christians were all filled with the Holy Spirit and with the fire of God. So I began to open my heart and say, God, if that is true, I want to. I want everything that God has for me. I'm hungry and thirsty for the things of God. And what happened in that meeting, a English preacher from England, he was a family doctor. He came to preach in Thailand. So he laid hand on me, and I felt the power of God hit me that afternoon. I felt the power come from my head down to my heart. And suddenly, I opened my heart and spoke with other tongues. I could not even control it. Spoke with tongue. And when I opened my eyes, my life was never the same. I was on fire. I began to preach the word of God and become a pastor in a local church. But as time went by, studying the Bible, studying the Bible. But I didn't even understand about how to walk with the Spirit. I was just filled with the Holy Spirit. Until many years later, when I moved to the U.S., and God asked me to start a church. And when we started a church, I really struggled because I tried to do everything according to the book. We have textbook to read how to be a pastor, how to preach. But it did not get much result. My marriage relationship began to go sour. We began to have problems. We began to get sick. We see so many people in the church sick and have problems. I cry now to God again. Must be something missing here. Because we know the word, we preach the word, and we already feel with the Holy Spirit. We spoke in tongue in the church. In that generation, the church was small. Everyone who come into the church, within a few weeks, I will call into the room and say, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I lay hand, they fill with the Holy Spirit. Everybody need to be filled with the Holy Spirit at that time in the church. So everybody was filled with the Holy Spirit, but something missing. Until around 1995, God spoke to me and asked me to go to a meeting in Oregon, Portland, Oregon. And in that meeting, I met the file of God. In that meeting, I was touched by the file of God, which is in the Bible, but I never knew about it. After that day, Pastor Dan and I kept going back to the file of God, and the church started to change. People started to get healed. We started to see miracles, and life had been changed, and we heard testimony after testimony of how the file of God changed people's life. And we now understand that we need both the word and the infilling of the spirit and his fire to be healthy and strong Christians. And since then, I have been still in the fire of God. And I'm still changing every Sunday when I'm in the fire of God. I have the privilege of laying on the hand on people every Sunday. So I get touched by the fire every Sunday, whether morning service or afternoon service. So God's still changing us and healing us and molding us day by day. And the relationship with the Holy Spirit becomes stronger and stronger. That you can hear His voice. You can be led by Him. God tells you what to do. It's awesome to walk with God 24-7 and be led by the Spirit of the living God. The purpose of this meeting on Friday night is to help you to come in, to be touched by the Spirit and grow in the area of being filled and being led by the Spirit of God. Because sometimes it's hard to do on Sunday because we have limited time and we cannot teach about Holy Spirit every Sunday. But on Revival Night, it's the time of the Holy Ghost to do His work. And each of us come in at a different level. Some of us 
never even touched the foot into the water yet. Some of us at the ankle deep, you know, Ezekiel chapter 47, talking about the rivers of God from heaven, which is the Holy Spirit. God compared the Holy Spirit to river or to water. And some of us at only the ankle deep, we know the Holy Spirit very little and experience Him very little. And some of us knee deep, some of us waist deep, some of us maybe chest deep, and some of us already swimming in the Holy Ghost, swimming in the river. And we are easily to hook up to the Holy Spirit, can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit easily. Because as we come into the meeting, we get touched again and again. This kind of thing we call practicing the presence of God. It's like practicing medicine. The more I cut on somebody's head, the faster I am. The more I shave somebody's head, now I can shave somebody's head within a few minutes. At the beginning, when I was a new neurosurgeon, I maybe spent time, 15 minutes, try to shave people's head and open the skull maybe another hour. Now I can open the skull within 15 minutes. Within 15 minutes, I can see the brain that fast because I practice performing craniotomy. The same thing when you practice being in the presence of God long enough, then you become more sensitive. The same thing with relationship. The more I talk to Pasada, the more I know what she thinks. She just look at my eyes and I know, oh, okay, what it means. She just look at my eye and I know she's not happy. <laughs> just look at her eye and I know she's happy. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. The more you come into Him, into His presence, the more sensitivity you have with Him. Amen? That's why we, have, we need this kind of meeting off and on. The meeting that just forget about everything. And just come in and soak in the presence of God. Forget about the program. Forget about what we're going to do. Just flow with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? So I will continue to read the scripture and teach you more about Holy Spirit. Last time, we learned, let me review a little bit, that if you study about the life of Jesus Christ in the book of Luke, you can see that Jesus was born, his conception was done by the Holy Spirit. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, and then she was conceived with the baby, Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus was done by the Holy Spirit. But you notice Jesus did not perform miracle for 30 years until he went to the Jordan River. And after he was touched and filled with the Holy Spirit who came down like a dove. What happened? The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, he walked out from that place filled with the Holy Spirit. After that day on, he overcame all the temptation and he also performed signs and wonders. He began to move in the power because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And throughout the next three years plus of Jesus' life, he was walking in the fullness. Actually, the Bible even says he has the Spirit without measure, without limit. Wow, I love that. I like to have the Holy Spirit without limit like Jesus Christ. I'm asking God every day, give me more, give me more. I want to have unlimited Holy Spirit, unlimited anointing. That would be great. Amen? Before I die, I expect to see more healing and more miracles in my life, in the ministry. We're going to see more miracles and healing and see more people set free from demonic power. Amen? And see people safe as well. See more miracles because we increased in the anointing. So the Lord Jesus Christ was born into the world as a man. He was not walking on earth as God. That's why we call the Son of Man. So as a man... He showed us example that as a man, we need a man and woman too. I'm not talking about only man, but woman too. We need to walk on earth by the infilling and the leading of the Holy Spirit. He showed us example throughout the whole four gospel. Jesus Christ was walking under the power of God all the time, 24-7. Whether he was preaching performing miracles, healing, casting out demons. Everything he was doing was under the power of God. And we should do the same thing. We should walk his step. We should follow his example. He is the best example for all of us. And some of you may say, Pastor, that is for only the preacher and pastor and evangelist and apostle and prophet. I never see that in the Bible. The Bible says we all follow the example of Jesus Christ. We all need to be like Christ. Not just the pastor and preacher. Amen? 
We all should be able to walk in the power, in filling of the fire and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we are talking about Jesus, and last time we see example in the early church how they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and I read a few scripture to show you in Acts chapter two, Acts chapter ten, and Acts chapter nineteen that the sign, the physical sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts is speaking with other tongues. I know that this is not scientific. If you cannot come and ask me. Pastor, can you explain to me logically how in the world people feel with the Holy Spirit spoke in tongue? I would say, when you go to heaven, you ask him. Because I cannot explain either. If I can explain everything in the Bible, I am God myself. I'm not God, so I cannot explain why. The only thing I can kind of try to explain to you is that tongue is a little, little organ a small part of the body, but it controls the whole body. You're going to be blessed or you're going to be cursed because of your own tongue. Your life depends on your tongue a lot. So if God can control your mouth, He controls your whole body. So that's all I can explain. But it's a science and wonder. It's beyond scientific explanation that how come God moved my tongue and speak in other languages that I don't know. It's science and wonder. God tried to tell us that God is not under scientific law. God is above. He is supernatural. And He can do things beyond what we can explain from scientific point of view. Amen? So I'm reviewing from the last teaching. And then we will learn that how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and with the fire of God. Let me read the scripture one more time and explain to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 to 18. Therefore, do not be unwise. Ephesians chapter 5, 17 to 18. Therefore, do not be unwise. God say, you are unwise if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit or walking with the Holy Spirit. But understand what the will of the Lord is. And verse 18, how we can understand the will of God. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. God compare being filled with the Holy Spirit to being drunk with wine. How come? Because when alcohol comes into your body, it will spread all over through the bloodstream. And this alcohol chemical will affect your brain cell, your muscle, your eyes, everything. And you began to have some symptom or some manifestation, like could not stand, could not walk well, you began to talk weird, you began to laugh or cry or whatever, and you have a hangover feeling after that because alcohol affects your cells in the body. And God said that when the Holy Spirit fills you, He will come in and marinate you and control everything in your life so that you will not walk under the flesh or under the control of the sinful nature anymore, but you will be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Holy. You are controlled by holiness of God, by the person called Holy Spirit. So then you become careful of what you say, how you act, how you react to people, how you respond to people. But in order to Holy Spirit, we need to recognize the important that is so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why Apostle Paul say that don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I want to add on that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the manifestations that you can experience and some of you already have experienced. I have experienced this many, many times in my life, maybe more than 100 times, is to be drunk in the Holy Ghost. To be drunk in the Holy Ghost means to have the Holy Spirit just work all over your body, all over your life, and you could not control yourself anymore. You just become weak. You cannot stand. You start to laugh. You start to... You know, this tip, like, look like a drunk person, actually. <laughs> One time, as I mentioned, Pastor Dow witnessed about this, that uh, the first time that I got drunk by the Holy Ghost when Pastor Kenneth Hakin came to the city church many years ago. And 
He didn't come to me lay hand on me. I just used the principle of straw. You know straw mean. So he walked away from me, and I know that the Holy Spirit is like a new wine. It's compared to water. So I began to exercise my faith and draw the Holy Spirit out of him, draw the anointing. And within five seconds, the Holy Spirit hit me and Pastor Caesar. Pastor Caesar was sitting next to me, and we both got drunk in the Holy Ghost for a long time. I could not get up. I was crawling on the floor. I was feel I, your muscle just lose strength. You could not control. You just like a drunk man actually. And I didn't pretend. I did not pretend. And some of you may ask this question, Pastor. But did the Bible say that the gift The fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. Why do you say that the Holy Spirit make you lose control and be drunk and look like a drunk man? A lot of people misunderstand that scripture when the Bible say the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. Do you know the meaning of self-control? Self-control means controlling your sinful nature. The Bible never say you control the Holy Spirit. You let the Holy Spirit control you, but you control the flesh, the sinful nature, the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, and hatred, and pride, and all the sinful nature. You have to push it down, make it subject to the Lord, and say, "Go, go, go!" The flesh, you go down. I'm gonna control you, but I will let the Holy Spirit control me. Amen. So one of the signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit is being drunk in the Holy Spirit. I remember when I went to Thailand to do revival meeting. We have thousands of people show up, and some of them, it's so funny. They have to drag them out of the room, and they could not even drive back. So somebody had to drive them back because they got drunk in the Holy Ghost. It's so powerful when a lot of people get touched by the Holy Spirit, and a lot of people get drunk in the Holy Ghost, and. And their, their life never been the same. They change. They love God. They're on fire for God. Amen? So we need to see the importance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command. You notice Paul did not say that, Oh, please, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, But be filled. I was not born in English language, but I believe I understand it right that this is a command. <laughs> this is not an option. He said, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit." Even Jesus command us in the book of Luke, chapter twenty-four, verse forty-nine. He said that, "No, go to Jerusalem and be filled with empower and endure with the power from on high." Amen. So it's a command of the Lord to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's so important for all of us. Not only that, the book of Galatians, chapter three, verses two to nine, the Bible said, "This only I want to learn from you." Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, and does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So the second principle of how to be filled with the Holy Spirit is that we are not filled with the Holy Spirit because of the work of the flesh, because we have to be a pastor first, go to Bible school first. We need to follow all the law first, and we need to know all the Bible first. We need to be great theologian first to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Actually, God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us. Because if we know all things and we think we are great already by the work of the flesh, we don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. But once we know that we are so weak, we cannot help ourselves. We are people who need the grace of God. Like Paul said, I'm, "I'm the worst of all the sinners. I'm the least of all the apostles." He knew that he he could not do it himself. Then he would be filled with the Holy Spirit by faith. Amen. So many of you who sit in this room may be new believers. You may not even. Have heard about the Holy Spirit or understand about this thing, and you may say to me, "Let me study for another ten years before I get filled with the Holy Spirit." That is the work of the flesh. You don't need to study for another ten years. You just come by faith, come with hunger, 
Come with desperation, like the woman with the issue of blood, and say, "God, touch me. God, fill me. God, I need you. I need the Holy Spirit. I need you to fill my life." And it's wonderful to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit I'm talking about is not an energy. It's not just any kind of form of uh, power. He is the person, the person that created the heavens and the earth. When God created the heaven and the earth, He called Himself We. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit—the same person that want to come and fill you up—is the person who raised Jesus from the dead. He has that power to raise the dead. You think the dead thing in your life he cannot get rid of? He cannot raise it up. You think the sickness in your body, cancer, whatever, is a piece of cake for God? It's a piece of cake. If God can raise the dead, raise Jesus from the dead. Whatever problem in your life is a piece of cake. He has the power to create the heavens and the earth and the whole universe. That is the person that want to fill all of us. What a privilege to have God, who created the heaven and the earth, fill us and work in our life every single day, beyond imagination, beyond understanding. God who raised Jesus from the dead, God who anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power to heal all who oppressed by the enemy, by the devil, want to live in us and fill us. What we come to Him is like children, just get hungry. Say, God, fill me. I yield to you. I surrender to you. You can do whatever you want in my life. I'm not going to come to you with a position in a church, with a diploma on the wall, with a Bible school. Diploma. I'm gonna come to you like children, like a child, by faith. The hearing of faith. So tonight I'm trying to build your faith by preaching the word of God. And when you hear, you get more faith. Amen. John chapter seven, thirty-seven to thirty-eight. The Bible says, "On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, 'If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink.'" He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then, verse thirty-nine, he continued to say that living water is the Holy Spirit. What we need to do is to come to God, not only seeing the importance of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit, not only that we come to Him by faith, but we need to come with thirst and hunger. Amen. That's why the move of the Holy Spirit worked much easier in the third world country. Why? Because people in the third world country has nothing. They don't have ATM machine. They don't have credit card. They don't have backup Medicare, Medicaid. They don't have backup system. They have to depend only on God. They cannot depend on Medicare or Social Security. All, all this system, but in America we have all the system back us up. So the God come later because we already have the system back us up. We don't need to get hungry that much. But when you go to the third world country and you want to talk about the Holy Spirit, people run to the front and say, "Fill me right now! I need His help! I need His help! I need the Holy Ghost! I'm hungry! I'm thirsty because no one else can help me. Only God can help me." Amen. I think even though we have good security system, we have Medicare, Medicaid, but we still need to have that attitude, no matter what, because Medicare, Medicaid, and social security system cannot stop demon from attacking you. Amen. The life insurance, I have life insurance, but that life insurance doesn't stop me from being sick and die. Think about it. Doesn't stop me from having a car accident. But the only person that can prevent me from the car accident by telling me how to drive, where to go, what to do, protect me from cancer and sickness and disease is the Holy Ghost. I rather have the Holy Ghost. Think about it. A lot of things you cannot buy with money, by any system in America, but only the person named Holy Spirit. Amen. He gave us wisdom. He gave us joy. Today, one of my patients walked into my office. He looked very stressed out, very stressed out. Lots of problem. No money, job, surgery coming up, back pain, 
and he say to me that why you look happy all the time? You're not stressed out. You don't have enough sleep. By the way, tonight I have to perform an emergency operation around midnight. So a lot of responsibility. And I say to him, I just smile and say, you know, I have God. God give me happy, always positive. I don't worry. I don't have to be unhappy. This God is inside me. He give me joy. He give me faith. He give me hope. I don't have to worry. I have hope. I have faith. Things gonna go well. Faith really make you happy. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You need to come to God with hunger and thirst. God, I need you. I'm going to drink. I'm going to receive now. Amen. Luke 11, 13. The Bible says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? What you need to do, not only thirst, you need to ask. And you don't ask one time. You ask every day. You ask every time you come into the meeting. God, fill me up. God, Holy Spirit, I want you to touch me. I want you to fill me up. Keep being thirsty and hungry for the things of God and keep asking. It's interesting. The principle of God, if you don't hear, you don't get it. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Is that right? Uh, Let me read one more time. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given. Why? Why to him who hear carefully will get more? Because when you hear, then you ask. Because you know what belongs to you. But who don't listen, who don't care about what God say, whoever does not have, they already have a little bit. But they don't care about what God say anyway. Even what he seemed to have will be taken from him. So he has less and less and less if you don't hear and you don't ask. That's why we need to keep hearing and asking, hearing and asking. Amen? Asking the Lord and cooperate with him. Cooperate with him. What does it mean? It means that whatever he say, whatever he is doing, just flow with him. Just flow with him. I compare this to swimming in the water. God, the Holy Spirit is like a water. If you jump into the water and you don't move your hands and feet and swim, what happens? Sink. Is that right? If you just go down and stay still, you sink into the bottom. What you need to do, you need to swim. Swimming is like cooperating with Whatever the flow of the water, whatever the water flow, you just go on, swim, go along with. If God makes you cry, don't try to fight with God. Let go ahead and cry. I remember one time I went to a lawyer's house. He was the head of the bar association. He lived on Mercer Island here. I went to his house. He invited me to go. And then he invited a, a lot of uh, Christians and some preacher there. And he knows that I am a neurosurgeon. And suddenly the preacher in that house from Argentina came and laid hand on me in the house of this lawyer. And the Holy Spirit touched me and I began to cry. Oh, I feel I'm so embarrassed because all this pastor and lawyer was watching me. This guy was crying and I was crying like a baby. I just, ah, and God just touched me and cry and cry and cry for a long time. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Whew. Another time, I went to Olympic Peninsula to give testimony to a local church. They invited me to come in a meeting. And then the preacher called me up and said, Pastor, Dr. Lau, can you come up and give testimony? I come up and grab the microphone. And when I grabbed the microphone, the Holy Spirit hit me and began to get drunk. And... Oh, I feel so embarrassed because I, walk, I went up there as a doctor, not a, as a preacher. And I'm going to give a beautiful testimony about my life, how God helped me. And I look like a drunk man, look like a crazy, like... <laughs> and my wife had to come and pick up the microphone and say something for me because I was gone on the floor. I was so drunk in front of all the people. I mean, I, and they didn't know me. The only thing they knew, I was a neurosurgeon from Seattle. 
but I didn't fight. When God touched me and He want to make me drunk, I just go ahead. I don't fight. You know why? Because if you cooperate with Him in a meeting, when you get out there on the street and God spoke to you, go witness to that person. You are not g o i n g to say no. You will do it. Is that right? Or when I operate on somebody and God told me move up to there because something going on there. You need to go up there because the X-ray doesn't show. I'm not going to say no, because if I cooperate in the church, learn here in the meeting, I will cooperate with him anywhere in the world. And sometimes God make us embarrassed in front of people in this cooperation with God. God make us embarrassed to to the point that the flesh has to die. This flesh has to die, and you don't care about your reputation, your flesh, your how you look, because all these things hinder God. From working in your life, all of your flesh is a big mountain. But you say, "I'm dead. I'm not there anymore." God, you work through me. Then miracle shall happen. Then God can work to you. Then God can speak to you, and something happen. Miracle, supernatural thing happen. So sometimes God need to do that way in the church. Actually, I want to tell you the biggest enemy in the move of God or the move of the Holy Spirit is not the devil. Is your flesh. Because you try to look good, you try to save your face. You don't want anyone to see messy hair. You don't want anyone to see you cry and have the mascara come out. But sometimes God has to deal with you, to die to yourself and say, "I'm gonna get rid of the mascara. I'm gonna make your hairstyle messy." So to see that you are willing to yield to me in this meeting. And when out there, you as you will say, no matter what, I will yield to you, amen? amen. But thank God, in this meeting, no one take the picture and put in the newspaper, <laughs> and no one will remember anyway, because we are all here to seek God together. We are not here to watch anybody, amen? amen. So don't take fake picture in this meeting, amen. Hallelujah. In First Corinthians chapter two, verses. Four to five. This is a very interesting scripture, written by the greatest apostle of all ages. First Corinthians two four to five. Listen carefully. I like this scripture because I have accent, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. If I change to today, my speech and my preaching were not with Beautiful American English accent, <laughs> beautiful wordings, very attractive orator can speak very well to get people get excited and say hallelujah and have goosebumps. So Paul said that his preaching is not of the soul, and of the mental or of the flesh. He said that I don't use. High word and word that make people tickle their ear and oh, this guy is so knowledgeable. I thank God he wrote this scripture for me, because I cannot use high word like American pastor. I just use simple language. <laughs> but he say, but in demonstration, what does it mean? Demonstration. Then people say demonstration. What do you think about in English language? Action. Action that you can see, action that you can feel, action that you can witness—is that right? In other words, in Paul's meeting, people walk in. After the meeting, they change. They're not the same, because in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So this apostle was preaching with the goal that. I'm not going to use my nice word to tickle people's ear. I will preach with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Definitely, he cannot have the demonstration of the Holy Spirit if he doesn't have the Holy Spirit himself, because the Holy Spirit has to work through him, and with power. Wow! So that your faith should not be in the wisdom or in the nice word of a man or beautiful. Preaching of a man, in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. 
That should be the goal of every preacher. Every preacher should come up and preach under the Holy Spirit and expect the demonstration of the Spirit and of power in the meeting. Amen? Is that the way Jesus walked? Jesus was preaching with the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That's why I mentioned so many times that Jesus will not be welcome in many churches in America. Because after he preached, he will lay hand and cast out demons and heal the sick and people jump up and down and run around with liberty. Because he was preaching with the demonstration, showing the power of God and the spirit of the living God is moving in the meeting. This should be normal part of church, not just special revival meeting. Amen? When we talk about demonstration of the spirit, there are two kinds of the demonstration of the spirit. One we call spiritual demonstration or spiritual manifestation. What are the spiritual manifestation of the spirit? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10. Spiritual manifestation or demonstration. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. And to another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. So the gift or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that we call the gift of the Holy Spirit are the spiritual manifestation that the Spirit worked through a person. Some of you may have the gift of word of knowledge. God gives you word of knowledge, what to say. God gives you the word of knowledge means you know something about a situation. For example, people walk to you and you know that that person is in trouble financially before even he opened his mouth because God gives you the knowledge of the problem in that person's life. Amen? Pastor Da have the gift of word of knowledge all the time in the area of chopping. I'm serious. No, no, no. Don't take me wrong. Don't take me wrong. I'm trying to say this. She loves to chop for other people, not for herself. She chop for people all the time. She just packed a big luggage with gift to Thailand. And every time she walked into the shopping mall, God gives her the word of knowledge, what to buy exactly. When she gives to people, how do you know I need this? I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to her. The word of knowledge. So this is a special gift of the word of knowledge for chopping. <laughs> word of wisdom. God gives us the word of wisdom to resolve the problem. When people come to you with a problem and God just gives you the word to say to resolve the problem. I have this gift, I know. I have to give a word of wisdom. Or the gift of healing. Some people have the gift of healing. Give of workings of miracle. Actually, I want all nine of them. How many people want all nine of them? Raise your hand up. I want all nine of them. I don't want one. I want all nine. Amen. Amen. I like that. All nine gifts. Amen. But there is also physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to show you quickly one of the, I just talked about a while ago, speaking in tongue is one of the physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit. God touched you. You speak in tongue. That is one of the physical manifestations. Why we talk about physical manifestation? Because you need to understand that when you come to the Holy Spirit, there will be responses, spiritual responses and physical responses. But if you fight, God will step back because He is a gentle God. He's not forcing you. So when God comes to you, and he touch you, and you don't respond physically, he back off. He say, I leave you alone. Why we have the physical manifestation? And the physical manifestation has to be in the Bible, not weird thing. There's nothing new in the church today compared to 2,000 years ago. Amen? There's something new, not in the Bible, that is demonic. I give you an example. One time I saw in a YouTube of a group of church that claimed that the Holy Spirit touched them. And they began to prophesy. And when I watched that YouTube, 
I believe with all my heart it's not the Holy Spirit. I think it's demonic. Because the lady who come up to give word of prophecy, which is not in, even, even in the Bible, the word of prophecy is out of the Bible, completely wrong. Not only that, she come up and her head spin like this about 100 times a minute. Spin, 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 spin. And I watch that YouTube and say, no way this is the Holy Spirit. I don't see that in the Bible. So the reason we have to study this thing, because if we're going to flow with the Holy Spirit, we need to differentiate between the manifestation of God, the Holy Spirit, and the manifestation of demons. Because demons try to sneak in, slip in, and destroy the church. We need to learn how to kick them out and don't come into people's life. That's why we need to study the Bible and understand what the Bible says. Speaking in tongue is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. Definitely, all this demon can, can imitate what the Holy Spirit is doing. But how do we know that it's from the Holy Spirit? Very simple. Two things. Number one, that person loves Jesus more, exalts Jesus. If people don't exalt Jesus, exalt themselves, it's not the Holy Spirit. Two, if that person starts to change, to live more and more holy life, love the wife more. Love your husband more. Love neighbor more. But if you become more arrogant, more cheating, more crooked, that is demonic spirit. You just look at the fruit. You can tell. Is the work of the Holy Spirit or is the work of demon? Amen? I just want to protect all of you. One of the manifestation, physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit is falling under the power of God. Why falling under the power? Because when two powers come in contact, and one power is bigger, the other one has to give. Is that right? If right now, who is the biggest person in this room? If right now, I run to Lee, Rich, and we hit each other, you think who's going to fall? Lee, could you stand up? You think who's going to fall? I think it's pretty clear. Pastor Lau going to fall. He's much bigger than me. Much more muscular than me. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit touch you, who has more power? <laughs> Holy Spirit is, is more powerful than you. Is that right? Therefore, many times when the Holy Spirit touch people, there will be physical manifestation that people respond physically. How many people understand that there is electricity in this world since God created the world. But many scientists work so hard to get the electricity, keep in the battery, and keep it working the light bulbs. Is that right? The same thing, the Holy Spirit has power like electricity. When you put your finger into the socket, what happened to you? Who's going to win? The power from the power plant is going to win. You're going to be shaking. <laughs> or you fall down. Is that right? The same thing. When the Holy Spirit comes into the presence and touch you, some people will fall down. Let me read a scripture here in John chapter 18, verses 1 to 6. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciple over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciple entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now, when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. I don't think this soldier have weak leg. I don't think this soldier have this rupture in the back that cannot stand. Or has, these, these are young men, soldier. They are not old people, 80 years old. They are young men, muscular, with knife and cup, uh, uh, all the weapon. And so they were strong people. There's no way that these people walk backward 
and fell down on their own. These people got hit by the power of God. When Jesus, I am He, the Messiah, bam, they drew backward and fell down. Amen. Is it possible in the presence of God that we fell down? Yes, I fell down so many times in the presence of God. Look at another scripture, Matthew chapter 24, uh, 28. Matthew 28, 1 to 4. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the gods, do you think the gods are weak people? So the governor of Rome sent this powerful god to watch the body of Jesus, making sure that no one would steal the, his body. And the god shook for fear of him because, and, and became like dead men. Have you ever seen dead men stand? How dead men look like? Huh? Pale, lie down, and stay still. I have that experience one time, uh, many times actually. God touched me. I was on the floor. I could not move. People had to drag me out of the floor. I was just lost strength. The presence of God was all over me that I could not even move my body. It's so, so heavy, so thick on my body. I was like a dead man. And that's happened in the Bible. This is all the Bible experience, physical manifestation. Okay? Let's look at another one. Paul, on the road to Damascus, a light shone from heaven. And this is what he said. In Acts chapter 9, verse 4, Then he, mean Paul or Saul, fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul at that time was persecuting the church. And when Jesus showed up on the road to Damascus with a big light with the fire of God, he fell to the ground. In Acts chapter 26, verse 14, and when we all, mean all the people that came with him too, not just him, all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me. You can see here that in the Bible, people fell to the ground in the presence of God. Amen? Now, there are three kinds of falling to the ground. Let me conclude this and then finish the sermon, the teaching. There are three kinds. Number one, we call voluntary prostration. You yield yourself to the ground. Like in Luke chapter 17, verse 16, Luke 17, verse 16, the leper, the Samaritan leper met Jesus and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. This man was so overwhelmed by the love of God. So he fell voluntarily to the ground at the feet of Jesus. Can we do that? Yes. Many times in the Bible, when people come to the presence of God, they voluntarily fell to the ground. One time, Abraham, when God sent the three angels to meet him at his place, he saw, the, he saw three men come in, and he knew that he, it was, they were angels. He fell on the ground. Isaac fell on the ground in the presence of God. Jacob fell to the ground in the presence of God. They all honor God. So, I want to explain a little bit. The way that we sit here in the room here, this is a Roman Empire style religion. So when Constantine took Christianity in the wrong way and make the Roman Empire say you have to be Christian, everyone has to be Christian, they embraced the religion of Rome. And the religion of Rome has people sit on a chair, line up like this, with a preacher on the pulpit and preach. And that is the way to today. But you know, before that, what did they do? They were sitting in the crowd. They all lie on the floor. They all worship God. They jump up and down and dance. There's no such format like this, like the Roman Empire. So we get used to this Greek style of Christianity. 
the Greek style, the Western style, but the Hebrew style, freedom. People fall on the ground. People worship God, jump up and down, because it's a relationship with God. It's not a religion. Amen. Voluntary falling to the ground is biblical. Also, prostration under a heavy burden of prayer. If you have so much burden to seek God in prayer, you can go to the ground and pray on the ground. Like Matthew 26, we see in Matthew 26, 36 to 39, talking about Jesus. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed. Jesus fell to the ground on his face and prayed to God with a heavy burden because he was going to the cross in the next few hours. Amen? How many people pray like that at home? Sometimes you feel so burdened, you just on the ground and pray to God out of a heavy burden. But also the last one. People fell to the ground because of being overwhelmed by the presence of God. That is the one that I'm talking about at the beginning. Like in Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28, like the appearance of the rainbow in the cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. In other words, Ezekiel was facing the glory or the presence of God. The word the glory of God in the Hebrew language means the thick presence of God, tangible presence of God. So when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice of one speaking. When John, who wrote the book of Revelation, met Jesus, he was on the ground, fell on the ground. When Daniel met the angel, he was on the ground. He was not, actually the Bible, you go read the Bible, the book of Daniel, he was not able to move. He was shaking and was on the ground like a dead person, looked pale under the presence of God. Amen? So, in conclusion, there are spiritual manifestations. There are physical manifestations. Should we resist God when God touches? No. We should cooperate with God. Is it normal, according to the Bible, that people cry, people speak in tongue, people laugh, people get drunk in the Holy Spirit? It's normal. Actually, it's normal in the Bible. What we see in the church today is not normal in the eyes of God. It's a human thing. But what is normal in the Bible? Look, read from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. They fell down, they cried, they shake, they be in the presence of God. The building was shaken, miracle happened because the presence of God showed up. I think it depends on the degree you are hungry and the degree you yield. Why God show up in certain meeting and not certain meeting? I think these two reason. How much people are hungry and welcome the Holy Spirit. And two, how much they yield. I can guarantee. It doesn't matter how much God is great. If you sit like this in your chair, in the whole room here, sit like this. God, if you are great, touch me. God, hey, touch me. He will say to you, you are alone. I'm not here. Because you don't have the honor of God. You don't honor him. You don't care about him. You just want to test him. You want to try him. And you're not hungry. You are not desperate like the woman of the of blood. Like the blind man who called out the son of David, son of David. Is that right? We need to change the culture in the church. Come in, hungry, thirsty, yielding. Don't have the attitude. Come in with humility. 
we are facing God, not religion. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That will be my attitude. I will come to God humbly and say, "God, you can do whatever you want in my life." Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Kyla, can you give testimony? Since you come here to be touched by the fire of God, what change happened to your life? Hello, everybody. I have to really praise God first of all for just all the preaching that I've heard, like the past like year and a half that I've been here, because Pastor Law always talks about honoring God and being hungry and really like reaching out for God by yourself. You don't need the man; you just need the hunger and the passion for God. So. Definitely, while I'm in Korea, I just got back from Korea one year there, and I can't understand Korean. I can't understand the preaching, so I go to the Korean church, and I just have to hook up to the Spirit myself. I can't depend on the pastor to lay hands on me because I don't know what he's saying. Right? I don't even. I don't know anything. I don't know what the songs are about, but I just have to like listen to the Holy Spirit and just hook up to Him like right away, so that I can. Take something in from the service, and definitely, like I've seen how much God has made me more patient, more kind, and gentle. Like <laughs> it's quite funny because um, I used to have a like, really bad road rage. I was very, very, very impatient. Like <laughs> I was a crazy driver. Like get out of my way. And like <laughs> these days, ever since I've um, been really filled with the Holy Spirit and become more patient. My mom says, "You drive like a grandma, you know, <laughs> like because I'm just not in a hurry anymore. Like I just feel so patient. Like, okay, yeah, go ahead. You want to cut me off, whatever. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal, you know. I'm going with the Holy Spirit. You cut me off, I save some time and don't get in a wreck, you know. But before I was so impatient and so angry, like, oh. But these days I'm just like, okay, God bless you. Go right ahead. And she's like, yeah, you drive so slow. <laughs> I'm just not in a hurry. I just feel like. I feel more joy. I feel more patient, and I feel more free. And I definitely have more love. Like anybody who knew me before knew that I I didn't really like children very much because I'm just not I'm not patient. So it's like I can't take the crying and the mama 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 and oh can I have can I have? But I was an English teacher with little kids, and these days I'm like oh they're so precious. I love you. Oh come, I'll play with you. Oh you want more cookies? You know, <laughs> it's just. God just the fire of God really just changed me so much because every Saturday, I mean every Sunday, at Korean church I have no choice but to hook up automatically to the fire of God and the Holy Spirit. So I just let Him do what He wants. <laughs> so praise God. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by your only son. Bring me your tired, you said. Bring me your weak. Bring me your hungry masses. We seek your Hear my 
Your 